is if you're if you've been ever sharing before people or even to a person doesn't have to be to a whole bunch of people but you're sharing with someone all of a sudden there's a scripture uh, one that you had stored in your heart in the past and there just there it was to share well the one that came Wednesday morning and this was the day when so much was going on in our nation's capital in fact it was right just on the cusp of a lot of things going on there um, and also the realization I guess too as pastor I've been understanding I've been seeing I've been hearing a lot of the different things that you've been going through uh and that's those that are here and those, some of you, the only source, your only connection has been online. Just hard things in your family, some of you it's personally, in your own health. Uh, we have a precious sister, Terry, out there. I just say this to you, Terry, we're with you, her son passed away a few weeks ago. That was Lucas, uh, 28 years old. And um, these things were just on my heart. And this scripture came. And I shared it. It's online there, and you can watch those. They're archived. But I, I, I just, the Lord, you got to share that again. So here it is, and it's Philippians 4, starting at verse 4. And this is from the Amplified Classic version. And I, one of the things with this was I was watching someone, Kenneth Copeland, they have a, it's kind of a news thing now, I guess. It's called Flashpoint, and someone had alerted me to that, so we were watching, and Joyce did, I guess, said, you got to watch this, and, and so I watched it, and they were three-quarters of the way through the program, and the man had a call from Kenneth Copeland, and so he held the phone up to the microphone, and this was like on Friday, a live, a live session. And Kenneth Copeland says, I've got a word. I've got a scripture for the hour. <laughs> well, it's the same one. Only I had read it from New King James. He was reading it from the Amplified Classic, and that's what we're going to read today here. This is for us, for you, for me, for you. And it's for us as individuals, as families, whatever we're experiencing or going through, but as a nation as well. And as believers in this nation, you know, we are citizens of another kingdom as well. But it says Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord almost always. Did I read that wrong? That's rejoicing in the Lord always you say 
You mean even in the midst of this, even in the midst of what I'm going through? Do you know what I'm going through? You're saying to rejoice? Well, it says always. It says delight. Gladden yourself in him. And there's a key in him. Not in the world, not of what we see in the news or the TV. So often that's not gladdening, not in the circumstances that we currently have, not in the situations of life that we find ourselves with, but it's in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves. You is understood there. You delight, gladden yourself in Him. We need to take ourselves and make a decision. I am going to gladden myself in the Lord. I'm going to delight in the Lord right now, right in the midst of this. Right in the midst of it. Some of it's on an individual level, some of it's family level, some of it's church level, corporately we could look at, but a lot of it's national as a nation as believers in the United States of America, believers in Christ and the Word of God. Delight, gladden you, yourself. Delight yourself in the Lord. You gladden yourself in the Lord. In Him. And then Paul says, again I say, rejoice. Why did he say, again I say it? Because we need to hear it again. I, I need to hear it every day. I mean, uh, every day. In fact, maybe it's more than that. But that rejoice, that word, and we can see it on the screen there from Strong's Concordance there, it says, be, to be cheerful. And then IE, which I guess means an example, or I'm not sure what that means. What does that mean, IE? What? That is, okay. That is calmly happy. There's just a solid rock within us that maintains a calm assurance that exudes in a happiness, even in the midst. And to me, even a joy is even, I like that word, joy. Because oftentimes we relate happiness to what is happening, what happens to be happening right now. And what we're talking about is a lot of times lately there's been stuff happening that we aren't very happy about. But in the Lord, we can always be happy. In Him, there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's a calm assurance that helps us to be calmly happy. And it says, well off. 
well off and to have cheer. You know, Jesus said that. When he'd come into the storm, the disciples in the boat, they were in the storm. And they were just at wit's end. They were in such fear. You know, there's storms of life, like we've talked about right now. You may be in storms. But you know what? Jesus is coming to you on the water, and he's saying, Fear not. Fear not. Be of good cheer. That's what he told them. He said, be of good cheer. I'm sure in the natural, they probably said, what are you talking about? Here we're about to drown. The ship is sinking. What do you mean, be of good cheer? Well, we can in the Lord. We can in the Lord. You know, it's, it's the Word. This is the Word, the Bible. Uh, this one we don't have on the screen. I just thought of it a few moments ago. It's one that's probably familiar to many of you. This I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. It's John 16, verse 33. Maybe you can quick look it up on your device there that you have. It's the Amplified Classic Edition. This is Jesus talking. To the disciples, but you know what? He's talking to you today and to me. He's talking to you in your home. He's talking to you in your body if you're dealing with physical issues. By the way, I was told our kids are getting taught on healing this morning downstairs. You know? That they can walk, you know, in the midst of this pandemic too. They need to hear that stuff. Jesus said, but also at national level, I wanted to get that in there. I have told you these things so that in me, there it is again, in him, in him, in him, that's what it's all about. It's about Jesus. We need to speak Jesus. We need to preach Jesus to the world. We need to shine for Jesus in the world. We need to be like Arliss was talking about last week with the, the fountains and the rivers of living water flowing out, living water, life-giving water flowing out to the world around us in the midst of all the, the wilderness and the dryness. And we need to be the light in the midst of the darkness. People are looking for that, and they're going to be looking for it more and more. They're looking. I told you these things that in me, say in me, in me. Who is me? Jesus. You. Who is you? You. Me. Say me. Me. You may have... And the Amplified puts in there perfect peace and confidence. Jesus is saying this to you now. In the world, we're in the world, right? You have tribulation. Is there tribulation in the world today? 
Are you experiencing any tribulation? He was right. And trials? Anybody having trials? Distress? Anybody having stress? Distress? Stress? See, stress is going to be there. We just can't internalize it. We can't allow it to get in because it will affect us negatively, spirit, soul, and body. There's stress all around. It's like the storms, like we sang about this morning. They swirl around. But we can be in the eye of the hurricane, right in the midst of it. This is the truth. This is what Jesus said. Distress and frustration. The Amplified Bible really brings it out there. That's actually the Greek word philipsis. Philipsis. Say philipsis. Thank you very much. It means like a pressing. It means like taking a stack of papers and just squeezing, squeezing, squeezing down. And Jesus said, in the world you will have thalipsis. And that's what's rendered there in the amplified tribulation, trials, distress, and frustrations. You will have it. It would have been really nice if Jesus could have said in the world, you will no longer have thalipsis. But he didn't say that. But he did say but be of good what? There's that again. Be of good cheer. Are you kidding me? Joshua, did he really say that? In the midst of this in the world and all this stuff going on, did he really say that, Joshua? Does your Bible say that too? Of course it does. But be of good cheer. And here again it says, take courage, be confident, be confident. In what? In yourself? Absolutely not. It's in the Lord. It's lifting up Jesus. He's the one. He's the one. I'm telling you, for you in your individual situations, Family situations. Maybe it's in your business or your workplace. But then also as a nation. We're going to be of good cheer. We're going to take courage. We're going to be confident. We're going to be certain. We're going to be undaunted, as it says here in the Amplified Classic. Four. You want to hear what Jesus said for or because? For, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So we receive that this morning. This is Jesus speaking to us. 
We receive it this morning. What Jesus said, what the Bible says. Then we go down to verse 5 of Philippians 4. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. Unselfishness is a hallmark of love. And love comes from God. And when we're rejoicing in God, when we're delighting always in Him and gladdening ourselves in Him, in Him, then we're going to be in a place where that love can flow, those fountains and waterfalls, as Arliss said, of His glory, of His presence of his manifest presence coming through you out to the world, coming through us, into the world, right through you, not because of you and your greatness and your ability, but because of him. It's in your mark of love and selfishness, your considerateness, in present situations of life, again, I say it, individually, family-wise, business-wise, national-wise, in our nation, people we don't agree with. Eh. Did you hear that? Oh, did you hear that? Your considerance, considerateness, your forbearing spirit I had to look up the word forbearing. I believe we'll have that on, on the wall, too. It's from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The quality of someone who is patient. And in that word patient, it's just not wait, wait, wait. It's a solidness. It's a steadiness. It's a strongness. It's a solidness. It's a steadfastness. This is what we're calling for in this day the Lord is for us. A steadfastness. And able to deal with difficult, a difficult person. Maybe you don't know any difficult persons. I doubt that. Maybe there's one sitting next to you. <laughs> shouldn't, have said, shouldn't have said that, I guess, but I didn't. I kind of slipped out of there real quick. <clears throat> or situation. Is anybody here dealing with a difficult situation right now? without becoming angry. Well, that's forbearing. And that's what Paul is saying that we should do in this day. 
Let's continue on verse 5. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. And that is always something to be thinking about too in, the, in, in our heart, in our mind. The thought, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming to earth again. What if it were today? Signs of his coming multiply. What if it were today? Glory, glory, glory. What if it were today? Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. It says right here in the, in the Amplified Bible, he is coming soon in the brackets. He is coming soon. We don't know when he's coming. But that's always something to have in heart and mind. He's coming again. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming for his people. And he's coming with the saints that have gone on before. He's coming with that crowd of witnesses that we have right now. The Living Bible says those in the grandstands. Let me tell you, they are cheering us on today. They know that we're still here and they're there with the Lord, but we're still part of the same church. We're still part of the church that's right down here, boots on the ground. But they are cheering us on. I believe they're praying for us. They're with us in spirit. They're with us in spirit. But Jesus is coming. So then it says, in verse 6, it says, Do not fret. Again, this is the Bible. This is God's Word. This is God's Word. And our best life is the one where we're best lined up with the Word. That's your best life. It's where you're best lined up with the Word and what it says. And you'll find that that's where your best life is. And that's why we need to know the Word. Then we need to not just be hearers of the Word, but doers of it. Change our life. Change our life for good. It says, do not fret. Say that with me. Do not fret. Or have any anxiety about I was going to say most things, but you get the point already. I mean, it doesn't say that. It says anything. Don't fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, again, this is all the way from individual level to the nation, 
to our nation and to the world. How do we do this? How do we not fret? How do we not have anxiety about anything? How do we do that? By prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving because we trust the Lord. That perfect peace will be ours. It says, in that way, continue to make your requests known to God. Continue to make them known. Don't stop. Don't stop when things seem impossible or that it's too late. Just keep praying. Just keep praying and believing. And then it says, And God's peace shall be yours that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God, no condemnation, no judgment in Christ Jesus, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding. Understandably, we would have great fretting and anxiety. Naturally thinking. But this peace comes, and it says it will garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It'll garrison, mount guard. It's a military term. A few months ago, I, I did a, some teaching on the word keep, that he will keep us. He will keep us. Remember the keep of the castle, the safest part of the castle, the keep room or whatever? It's the same word. He'll keep us. He'll keep us in that safe place in that strong and mighty tower, in the castle, the safe place, the secret place. He's going to keep you in that secret place as you look to him. In his peace, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the hurricane, the individual ones or the corporate ones, we can stand in peace, and that's what he is calling you to today. That's what he's calling you to today. It's what he's calling you to. Receive. Let's receive that. It says your heart's and your minds, let not your heart be troubled. But it goes back to the mind, and that's where the next verse comes in. And this is so important for us today. This is so important for you and me and us today. For the rest, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
And let me read the very, I'm going to read the last part. It won't be on the screen there, but it says, think on these things, fix your minds on them. Okay, that's where we're headed. But here it says, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, whatever is honorable, whatever is seemly, just, pure, lovely, lovable, whatever is kind and winsome. Winsome, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. A cheerful, there's cheer again, pleasant and appealing. Whatever is cheerful, pleasant and appealing. Let's go back to verse 8. And gracious. If there is any virtue, excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, think on, we could say meditate on, consider, weigh, it says here in the Amplified, take account of, in other words, mark it and count it. These things, fix your minds on them. That's what we're supposed to fix our minds on. That's what we need to fix our minds on today. That's what I need to fix my mind on. That's what you need to fix your mind on. We need to turn our eyes upon Jesus in this hour. January 10, 2021. We're not going to quit. We're not going to faint. We're going to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Do you know that song, the chorus, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face? I'm going to have you sing that with me in just a moment here. But the, the verse of it goes, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There is light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Through death into life everlasting, he passed, that's Jesus, and we follow him there. Over us sin no more has dominion. For more than conquerors we are. See, fretting, worrying, anxiety, that's sin. Did you know that? Because it's not, God knows it's not good for us. It hurts us. But he's shown us the way. He showed us the way to come out of that. And he wouldn't tell us that if it was impossible. I know many think, well, that's impossible. No. 
And we do it a step at a time, just like that song we were singing, a step at a time, a step at a time. Wherever we're at with anxiety and fretting and worrying, we can take that next step this morning. Next step. Last verse. His word shall not fail you. He promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying. His perfect salvation to tell. So let's close our eyes together and just sing that chorus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will on live stream, you do this too, okay? Just close your eyes. Sing it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the thing receive it. Things are happening in the spirit realm. Things are happening in the spirit realm. In fact, that was another scripture. You can keep your eyes closed if you want. You can open them if you want to. The scripture I got. This one, I don't think we have on the screen either. I know we don't. But it's and we can think of that in the situa- this in the situations of our individual lives, family lives, business lives, workplace lives, school, national, government, 
the governmental things. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord. There it is again, in the Lord. And in the power, that's the dunamis of his might. That was, I believe, a scripture Joyce was sharing there on Wednesday, wasn't it? In the power of his might, it's not by flesh, or not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's what, that's what started the, that whole thing in my... Th- so there it is. It's, it's in the power of his might. Don't try to do it yourself. You can't right the situations yourself, in your own self. But put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Big part of that armor, it goes back to the word of God, by the way. For Now here it is. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We always need to remember that in whatever situation it is. That's where prayer is so powerful. Because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So that's what we do. That's what we will do, Lord. We submit ourselves anew and afresh to you. We, we turn. We make changes. That's repentance. We turn toward you in our minds, in our thoughts, and then our actions. Where we have been in fretting and despair and all the things we talked about today. We turn from that and we turn to you and we delight ourselves in you we would cheer ourselves in you and receive your peace. Be garrisoned about with your peace, guarded with your peace that passes understanding today and this hour. And we're going to continue to pray and believe for the breakthroughs of your spirit in our individual lives, families, church, our state of Minnesota, our nation, in Jesus' name, thank you for it. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, we'll leave that other sermon for another time. That was for today. And Peter Linnea, I'll have you come up here and share as we have a blessed life moment for today. I don't know if you're you tall enough you can stand behind here, you think? I think you are. Hallelujah.
Okay. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So, Steve had asked us to share, like, a financial testimony in our life. And at first, for we were like, what should we share? We feel like God has just carried us through every moment of every day. So, um, so there's countless stories where we feel like God has provided, you know, exactly what we needed, exactly when we needed it. But something that I wanted to talk about today was actually rewinding back to when we got married in 2015. Um, we had, we were just overwhelmed by the support of everyone and we had people coming up to us do you need this do you need that do you like it was just like overwhelming how much love and financial support um, almost every single detail was fulfilled by the body of Christ coming together helping us and we needed that too because Peter was 20 I was 21 we were very young um, still pretty young. <laughs> and so we, um, kind of the point that I wanted to share about that is that the body of Christ, when God uses each other to be that financial provision for other people, I feel like there's something really special and important about that. Um, and so, like, if I rewind a little bit to actually 2014, I had a prophecy given to me saying that 2015, the Lord's going to fulfill the desires of your heart. And that was definitely true. Everything about the year leading up to our marriage, everything about our marriage was just filled with delighting in the Lord and receiving the desires and even abundantly above that. Um, and I think with that, like, there were definitely times where it was stressful. There was definitely times where it wasn't going perfectly or the details weren't going perfectly. But it was the fact that here we had our hearts fully just to the Lord saying, we just want this marriage to be worshipped to you. And with that, like, we were just humbled by the love that we receive. So Peter's going to read the first verse here. All right, and this is 1 John 3, uh, 1 John 3, 16 through 18. By this we know love, that he, that's Jesus Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his has this world's goods and he sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him how does God love God's love abide in him then <laughs> oh little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth So I think sometimes when I've heard this verse before I can um, start to feel condemned and guilty and like, okay, like I need to give to everyone in need. I need to be more compassionate. And I think really what it's saying here is it's not saying every single need you need to fulfill. 
I think what God is trying to say is he created us so unique to give specifically what he created us to give. So in regards to our wedding, not every person who gave to us gave the same way. It was very unique, very specific talent. Sometimes it was in a monetary sense. Sometimes it it was like helping in a certain way. It was their specific gift. And I think that was the thing that was so special. Of course, we think about the financial provision and all that. But even more than that, we think of the hearts of these people that had given to us and just in the different ways they had given to us and throughout our entire marriage too. Um, But if you want to read the second verse. Uh, This is from 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part suffers, every part of the body suffers with it. And if one part is honored, then it is every part who rejoices with it. And so... There, the context of that scripture is talking about the body of Christ and how we each have an individual part and not to disregard any of the parts, no matter how seemingly small or big, but to honor all of the parts. And so something about the idea of financial provision through the body of Christ is that we're able to experience that unity and that connection together, not just here's a gift of money, but here's a part of my heart connecting to your heart. Here's a part of who God created me to be revealing himself through me to you. And I think that is just so special, and especially in the time that we're in right now, um, to not just automatically, because we can read these verses and think, okay, automatically it means money, or it means this, or it means that, but to ask the Lord in every situation, what is it that I can give? Whether it be my time, my money, and it's not going to be the same for every person. Like there might be a person you might give a gift of money to. There might be a person that you might give a hug to. So it's like, it's just asking the Lord. And then even instead of getting into arguments over who's right or who's wrong or what side people are on, what we can come to, the, to anyone and say, what is it that I can give you? What is it that you need? And it might be that you don't necessarily have what they need, but you can find someone who does. And so um, just the importance of financial provision through the body of Christ connecting us together is what has really helped us in our marriage to just know the love of God in a deeper way. All right, and we're going to pray for us here. We're going to send us out in our week. Um, Just before I do, I was just uh, thinking about, as I was sort of listening to Naya there, and as I was sitting here listening to Steve this morning, a thought that occurred to me is that um, so often in life we're waiting for the big miracle, right? We're waiting for the thing that's going to change the circumstance, But what we sometimes are just ignorant to throughout life is that the miracles that we often so need are sitting right next to us, right? Every single person in this room is a wonderful miracle. Um, The connection that we share between each of us and between us all together here is 
a beautiful, wonderful miracle. And it's not just a nice, like, that's a nice miracle there. That's a nice thing to say about how we connect. It's, it's powerful. And I think the way the Bible talks about us as a body is to say that how we love one another is powerful and meaningful and actually changes the world. Um, so, yes, in everything we do, we should be looking towards the events of the world and we should be praying, um, but we shouldn't also forget to love each other well in the midst of all this stuff. So, Father, we lift up our week to you. We lift up these times to you and we say, Jesus, be with us in every minute. Be with us in the conversations that we share with our loved ones, with our friends, with the people that we meet, the strangers that we come across. Jesus, bring those things into alignment with your purposes, those connections, those important things that you are concerned about, Jesus. Lay those on our hearts and give us the grace and the peace and all the joy and wonder to go about them in your spirit, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Next Sunday, Adam Sharon is going to be sharing um, a word from the Word. And also, we're going to be bringing a very encouraging report from our church family's adopted unreached people group. I put unreached in italics because it really is no longer unreached. It's a, a, a group that we adopted in 1993, but we're going to be getting a report. Carrie Olson, the, the person that connected us with that, that people group, uh, was down there. He did a video. He even interviewed with the pastor down there. And so we'll be seeing that next Sunday. The youth group will be meeting at 6 o'clock here at the church house this week on Wednesday. And I believe that's what we're going to share for right now. God bless you all, and we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, in Him. We have our cheer and our gladness, and release from fretting and worry and fear. Amen. God bless you all. If you like prayer, you can come forward for that.